chapter eleven of molly's prince this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. molly's prince by rosa newshet carey chapter eleven a noticeable man with large gray eyes as high as we have mounted in delight in our dejection do we sink as low wordsworth after all molly had her way and waveney in spite of piteous pleading and remonstrance became the reluctant possessor of a warm dress and jacket mr ward had put his foot down in a most unexpected manner if waveney would not buy her jacket he would go without his great coat barker and chandler had been paid and there was sufficient money for everything and when waveney understood that any shabbiness on her part would be grievous in his eyes she yielded at once if father wishes it i will get the things she said to molly but i never enjoy anything unless you share it but molly would not listen to this what does it matter about me she said gaily i am only a poor little cinderella whose pumpkin coach has not arrived my old jacket will do quite well until christmas and then when the purchases were made molly was like a sunbeam for the rest of the day waveney went twice to the hospital before she started for erpingham but each time she found mcgill more rambling and confused and though he roused at the sound of her voice he always thought she was sheila corporal marks looked more dejected than ever but he maintained that the sergeant was doing finely waveney thought it was only the little man's natural pugnacity and habit of arguing and that he did not really believe his own assertion but though he pretended to grumble he nursed his friend devotedly that their corporal never leaves him one of the pensioners remarked to waveney you would think they were brothers to see them and fight they would too about those plaguy sepoys that you might have taken them for a pair of kilkenny cats but bless you miss it was just for the fun of it the days slipped away all too fast and one morning molly awoke with the thought that only one whole day remained before waveney left home they were very busy all the morning packing her box and in the afternoon waveney who felt restless and rather low-spirited at the sight of molly's woe-begone face proposed they should visit their favourite haunts the lime avenue old ranelagh and the embankment it is so warm and the house feels so stuffy she added for waveney loved air and exercise and would gladly have been out of doors the greater part of the day molly willingly assented to this but she was languid and out of spirits and soon grew tired so they sat down under an acacia in old ranelagh and watched the children playing round them it was one of those golden days of september when the very air seems impregnated with strange sweet fragrance when one thinks of waving cornfields and how the wheat ripples in the breeze like a yellow sea and of deep quiet lanes with nut copses and blackberry thickets or better still of a hillside clothed with purple heather as though nature had flung one of her royal robes aside a day when the grand old earth seemed mellow and ripe for the sickle of old time and a soft sadness and a sense of quiet brooding are over everything the summer is over 
it seemed to say and the fleeting shows of youth and the fruits of the earth are garnered in nature's storehouse and the feast of all good things is ready so eat and enjoy and be thankful the sisters were sitting hand in hand and waveney's small face looked pinched and long from inward fretting for she was one who took the troubles of life with outward calmness and chafed under them inwardly but the sunshine and the crisp sweet air and the soft patter of red and yellow leaves brought their message of comfort molly she said trying to speak cheerfully i am thinking what a beautiful world it is and how good life is after all in spite of worries here we are making ourselves miserable because i have to go away to-morrow do you know we are like those two foolish children we saw that day when father took us in the country don't you remember how they cried because their nurse wanted them to go down a lane it was so dark and narrow they said and they were sure the wolves would eat them up but the nurse knew there was that lovely open meadow beyond do you read my little parable dear yes i think so returned molly but she spoke doubtfully waveney was rather prone to moralise when she found herself alone with molly she called it thinking aloud molly was her other self she could tell her things that she would not have breathed to any other creature well you see went on waveney one has steep little bits of road now and then like that poor king of corinth sisyphus was not that his name we have to roll our stone up the hill difficulty but one never knows what may happen next by the by molly i rather fancy that monsieur blackie only pretends to play at things and that he is really a clever man there is something i cannot make out about him he is mysterious and then why did he buy king canute because his friend wanted a historical picture returned molly who always believed what people said i know he told us so replied waveney thoughtfully molly i have a sort of conviction that you will often see him that he means to turn up pretty frequently at cleveland terrace whatever makes you think so asked molly much astonished at this what a ridiculous idea wave when you told him yourself that you were leaving home to-morrow but he does not come to see me retorted waveney and then she added hastily he is a friendly sort of person and comes to see us all oh yes of course returned molly perfectly satisfied with this view of the case then i dare say he will come sometimes when father is at home he asked me very particularly when he was likely to be in and if i went out in the afternoon and i said oh dear no i always go out early to do the marketing and then i am too tired to go out again waveney he did look so kindly at me when i said that walking tires you then what a pity and he seemed quite sorry for me he is a nice little black prince replied waveney rather absently the children had left the gardens with their nurses and the place was now quite deserted the next moment a gentleman crossed the lime avenue and walked slowly down the path as he passed their bench he looked at the two girls in a quiet observant way and passed on as soon as he was out of hearing waveney said a little wickedly molly we have found him at last the noticeable man with large grey eyes for this was an old joke of theirs they had been reading wordsworth together one summer's day on this very bench and when waveney had come to the stanza she had laid down the book i like that description molly she had said it gives one a pleasant idea of a person 
a noticeable man with large grey eyes now i wonder if we shall ever see any one answering to that description mollie laughed and looked interested when waveney said this but a moment later she whispered hush he's coming back and then to mollie's alarm for she was very shy and timid he stopped and lifted his hat will you have the kindness to inform me he said addressing mollie in a peculiarly clear mellow voice if this path will take me to dunedin terrace i'm not well acquainted with chelsea mollie blushed and looked confused topography was not her strong point i think so i'm not quite sure do you know waveney yes but it is rather a roundabout way dunedin terrace is quite half a mile away and then waveney rose from the bench and considered her bearings while the stranger quietly awaited her decision he was a tall man and though his face was plain there was something in his expression that attracted notice an air of unmistakable refinement and culture the keen grey eyes had already noted mollie's lovely face now they were fixed on the plainer sister i think i can direct you properly now observed waveney with her usual brightness but it is just a little complicated you must go out of this gate and cross cleveland terrace take the second turning to the right and the first to the left and you will be in upper dunedin terrace thank you very much and then he repeated her directions gravely and slowly and then lifting his hat with another thank you walked quickly away yes i was right continued waveney he is certainly a noticeable man and what large clear eyes but mollie shrugged her shoulders a little pettishly i think he was rather ugly she remarked and he is quite old five and thirty at least and did you notice his shabby coat why it was almost as shabby as father's no returned waveney i did not notice that i was only thinking what a grand-looking man he was and he spoke so nicely too then as mollie was evidently not interested she changed the subject and they sat talking until it was time for them to go home to tea it was a melancholy evening in spite of all waveney's efforts mr ward was tired and dull and noel was out of humour but his sisters who understood him thoroughly knew that this was only his mode of expressing his feelings so he drew up his coat-collar and answered snappishly whenever waveney addressed him and grew red and pretended to be deaf when she alluded to her going away and when she was bidding him good-night and her fingers touched his rough hair caressingly he threw back his head with an annoyed jerk i hate having my hair pulled he said crossly so give over old storm and stress and then he whistled and walked out of the room with his chin in the air but not before waveney saw that his glasses were misty molly darling remember i shall be home on sunday and it is tuesday now were waveney's last words as she jumped into the train and her father closed the door waveney stood at the window until the dark tunnel hid them from her sight mollie's sweet face was swollen with crying and her father's countenance was sad and full of care the child whom he had cherished with peculiar tenderness was leaving his roof because he was incapable of providing for his household properly he had been a failure all his life and he knew it but it was bitter to him that his old friend althea should know it too waveney took a cab when she reached durham the driver touched his hat when she told him to drive to the red house erpingham 
i know it he said as he took off his horse's nose-bag there ain't a cab-driver in durham that don't know the ladies at the red house they give us a supper in christmas week and there is another for the costers that use their donkeys well and it is a rare spread too and then he smacked his lips and jumped on the box waveney looked out and tried to interest herself in the various objects they passed but her head felt heavy as lead the common looked lovely in the afternoon sunshine and as before the children were dancing in and out the trees some little boys were sailing a boat on the pond and a newfoundland was swimming across it with a stick in his mouth some riders were cantering over the grass every one seemed gay and animated and full of life dogs barked children laughed and the cawing of rooks filled the air as they drove in at the lodge gates the two little yorkshire terriers ran out barking and the elderly maid mitchell came to the door my mistresses are out ma'am she said pleasantly but nurse marks has orders to make you comfortable will you please to go in and i will see to the box and pay the cabman no ma'am as waveney timidly offered her some money miss harford always pays the cabman herself ay and pays them well too observed the driver with a complacent grin no arguing with a poor chap who has to work hard for his living about an extra sixpence waveney felt very strange and forlorn as she stepped into the hall with fuss and fury barking excitedly round her and then she saw a little old woman with a very long nose and hair as white as snow bundling down the wide staircase to meet her for no other word could describe nurse marks's rolling and peculiar gait she is the most wonderful little old woman i have ever seen wrote waveney in her first letter home if you were to dress her in a red cloak and peaked hat she would make an excellent mother hubbard or the old woman who lived in her shoe or that ambitious old person who tried to brush the cobwebs from the sky to see her poking that long nose of hers into corners is quite killing she has bright eyes like a dormouse and a cosy voice do you know what i mean by that and she wears the funniest cap with a black bow at the top but there you must see her for yourself my ladies are out dearie she began at once rather breathlessly miss doreen is at the home and mrs mainwaring has sent for miss althea unexpectedly to go to some grand at home but she will be back to dinner and she begged that you would excuse her absence and i am going to take you to my room and give you some tea for you are tired dearie i know and then nurse marks led the way upstairs and waveney followed feeling as though she were the heroine of a fairy story and that some benevolent fairy had her in tow my ladies always calls this the cubby-house observed nurse marks in a proud tone and to my thinking it is the nicest room in the house though it is odd-shaped as mitchell says and a trifle low it was oddly shaped indeed one corner had been cut off and the window a wide one had been set in an extraordinary angle so that part of the room was insufficiently lighted here there was a large japanese screen which hid the bed and washstand a round table was in the centre of the room and an old carved wardrobe and a nursery cupboard occupied the wall space some comfortable-looking rocking-chairs and a worn old couch gave it a cosy aspect but the chief feature of the room was the number of photographs and water-colour paintings that covered the walls while framed ones stood by dozens on the mantelpiece and chest of drawers 
one of them at once attracted waveney why that is the corporal she said in surprise corporal marks i mean and she spoke in puzzled tones ay that's jonadab returned nurse marks complacently it is a grand picture and his medals come out finely dinah thought a heap of that photo and then the bright dormouse eyes looked at waveney curiously well it beats me that you should know brother jonadab after all the world is not so big as we think it of course i know corporal marks returned waveney excitedly but there was a lump in her throat too at the sight of the little corporal's familiar face with its round surprised eyes and shock of grey hair and i know sergeant mcgill too then at the mention of mcgill nurse marks sat down and indulged in a hearty laugh well now if that is not like a book and you are the young lady that jonadab is always telling about is it not comfortable to know that their good works do follow them that's true even in this world for it stands to reason that things can't be hidden for ever sit down dearie and i will pour you out some tea you are a bit homesick and strange but that will pass so keep up your heart dear lamb and nurse marks poked her long nose into the teapot for she was short-sighted and waveney watched her a little anxiously but she need not have feared nurse marks was a clever woman and could always measure her distances accurately ay he is a grand man mcgill she remarked as she cut some delicate bread-and-butter with a practised hand but he is not long for this world jonadab will miss him sorely i fear they are a queer pair to look at them but they are just bound up in each other they are like a couple of old children i tell them they quarrel just for the sake of making it up but there as dinah used to say poor thing her man was fine at argifying was dinah your brother's wife ay dearie and jonadab thought a deal of her and grieved sore when the dear lord took her you will be wondering at his name maybe for it is out of the common is jonadab but mother used to tell us that when the boy came father was so proud and pleased that he went at once to the bible for a name and presently he came to mother looking as pleased as possible as though he had found a treasure rachel he says in a loud voice there is not a finer fellow to my thinking than jonadab the son of rechab and he was dead against the drink too and it is jonadab that we will call him and so jonadab it was finished nurse marks complacently End of chapter eleven